Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Tuesday, January 16th. Coming up, for Missouri's first Asian-American woman to be elected to the General Assembly, it hasn't always been easy to serve, like when last year's House approved a budget that banned all funding for diversity and inclusion efforts. I, 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 was, I spoke on the floor about some of the situations that I've been through as a child. We had a lot of our other reps on the, the Democratic side get up and speak their their piece too. It was it was hard to hear. Uh, it was very emotional. Representative Emily Weber reflects on the state of race and equity in Missouri government and the rest of this year's legislative agenda. That's coming up in our weekly look at state government and politics on both sides of the state line. We start in Kansas, where Governor Laura Kelly wants to remove what she calls red tape that can make it difficult to open new child care centers. As Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service explains, the state has a major shortage of daycare openings. As it stands, the governor says navigating the state's child care services is too complicated and creates a hurdle for people wanting to open child care centers. Right now, if a daycare center wants to set up shop, it must work with one state agency to get licensed, another to receive workforce support, and a third to get funding. So in an effort to streamline the process, Kelly wants to consolidate all of those services under a new agency called the Office of Early Childhood. The governor also wants to put more than $56 million toward building new child care centers and helping existing ones stay open. And now on to Missouri, where the legislative session is in its early days. Committees are holding hearings on bills that may become this year's hot buttons. Tomorrow, seven bills that restrict the rights of transgender people will be heard on the same day in two different committees. Last week, the General Laws Committee heard testimony on a bill to ease Missouri's already lenient gun laws. The latest effort would allow concealed weapons on public transportation and lower the age for a concealed carry permit to 18, among other things. Representative Emily Weber is a Democrat from Kansas City on that committee. I spoke with her about that and the rest of this year's legislative agenda. But first, I asked her about the significance of the history she made when she was elected three years ago. We've been observing the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday over the weekend, and I want to start by talking about the state of conversations about race and racial justice and equity in Missouri government and politics. Uh, What has it meant for you to be the first Asian-American woman elected to the Missouri General Assembly? How significant has that been? You know, I I will have to say representation matters. And my first year I was serving, it mattered in a great, great way because it was it was COVID. It was during the pandemic and there was some words being said on the floor that hurt the API population and the the API API community have been asking us to to please stop using things like the China virus and things like that. And so I I did use my voice to raise that awareness and I, I will continue to use my voice to raise awareness like that. Do you find the halls of Missouri government to be a place that honors racially diverse voices? It's hard to say that honors. I mean, we we have horrible legislation that gets heard that's very, very controversial and very hurtful to the general public. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about last session when we had a representative 
put an amendment on every single budget bill about anti-DEI language, diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, ultimately any program that had a DEI program would get defunded. I mean, the state would get defunded. And we had to hear that on every single budget bill. And that was that was harmful to hear. I spoke on the floor about some of the situations that I've been through as a child. We had a lot of our other reps on the the Democratic side get up and speak their their piece too. It was it, it was hard to hear. Uh, it was very emotional. And it's not even that. I mean, we we also talk about if you talk about anti-LGBTQIA legislation as well. And that that attacks our LGBTQA community too. And and so it is sometimes hard to hear. Um and you know, that gets very emotional, not only as reps, but we're talking about our legislative assistants too, and people who work in that building. And and a lot of that you're you're talking about legislation that was proposed last year, but some of it is is back again this year. There's a, a bill that would ban any DEI programs in higher education. There's a bill that would prohibit funding any state contractors who have DEI policies or training. Do you see this changing? Is this something that's that's going to run its course and be done? Or uh, or is this a growing trend in state politics? I'm very hopeful that this is not a growing trend. I do believe that the representative who is proposing this legislation is is doing it because, I mean, it's an election year. I'm not going to lie. Uh, election years get very toxic, and especially when people are running for higher office. And so I believe he's, he's using this to get his his video clips in to campaign off of. Do you see these bills as likely to gain traction, as likely to pass? I'm not, <laughs> I never want to say they're not going to pass because we we don't know. But we do have a great bipartisan support that will not support legislation like this. Let me shift gears. Uh, you are part of the Democratic leadership team in the House as Minority Caucus Vice Chair. Um, that caucus, of course, is a super minority in the House. Democrats are in many ways unable to set the agenda or uh, stop things from happening. What do you hope to accomplish as the Democratic Caucus in the General Assembly this year? We are looking to work better together, work on legislation that, that matters to us. Um, that also matters to our communities. And it's issues that people are talking at the kitchen table. We're going back to kitchen table issues because that's what we keep on hearing at the doors. You know, again, it's a very toxic situation when it's an election year. And so we are looking to work together and try to get as many good pieces of legislation passed as possible while all of the crazy infighting continues to go on. And, um, I'm also the chair of HGCC, which is our House Democratic Campaign Committee. And, you know, we are three away from breaking the supermajority. And I believe with this election, we will break the supermajority finally. We'll have more of my conversation with Representative Emily Weber when Kansas City Today returns. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. 
You're also a member of the General Laws Committee, uh, which last week held a hearing on a bill that would allow concealed carry permit holders to bring firearms onto buses and other public transportation. Uh, That bill also would repeal the prohibition around carrying guns in places of worship. It would lower the age limit for permits to 18, some other easing of restrictions. What do you think of that bill? We've cloned this as guns everywhere bill. Nobody wants this. Um, if you, I, I've, I've served on gen laws ever since I, I was elected. And this is, God, I think this is the second or third time I've heard a version of this bill. And most of the time when we have hearings like this, the hearing room is flooded with people, people that do not want this bill. And uh, due to weather that day, we, we didn't have a flooded hearing room, but we still heard from, from the general public about why they don't want legislation like this passed. We all know writers of public transportation say no to, to things like this because, I mean, it's nonsense. We don't need, we, we are having some of the highest homicide rates right now. And the way to solve this is not, let's put more guns everywhere. And especially in places of public transportation or worship. We have clergy members who have come and testified who, who do not want legislation like this. Right now, the law states that it's up to the priests or the, the leaders of the church to allow a person to carry firearms. That's a conversation between them. So this legislation would bypass that. And no, and basically we are mandating, it would be mandating a place of worship what to do. The committee hasn't acted on the bill yet. Do you, do you see that ha- happening? Do you see this bill moving on and being approved by the House? I see it getting passed out committee, yes. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have the votes to stop it. But we will continue when it does come to the floor, because I, it will come to the floor. You know, we, we are really good about defeating as many gun legislation as possible. I hope that we will defeat this one as well. This bill has been, versions of this bill has been heard for about 10 years now. It hasn't passed. And we will continue to play defense on this. And we will continue to fight to make sure that this piece of legislation does not get passed. So it is an election year. Uh, you mentioned that. That often uh, affects the, I don't know, the quality of debate in the legislature. <laughs> um, this year, one of the things that's already happened is that your Democratic caucus has kicked Representative Sarah Unsicker out of the caucus because of her association with individuals who've been described as a Holocaust denier and a conspiracy theorist. Uh, she denies that's what they are, but she dropped out of the attorney general race. Now she's running for governor. Do you stand by the caucus's decision to uh, to boot one of your members? You don't have that many in the first place. This is an issue that that is serious and we don't take this lightly. And so the conversations that we had as you know, leadership and overall our caucus, yes, I stand behind what I stand behind the decision our caucus has made. Are there any other big issues that you are especially interested in in this session, uh, pieces of legislation that you really hope to get across the finish line? There are a ton of legislation that I hope that we can get across the finish, finish line. There, there are so many good pieces of legislation that are bipartisan, too. And it, it's things that help actually help people, uh, not wedge issues or guns everywhere. We're talking about pieces that actually people want. And, you know, child care, uh, the food tax, feminine hygiene products, diaper tax, 
you know, things like this that are that are holding people back um, that hopefully we can we can find common ground on and actually do some really good work on this. Republicans often do join Democrats on tax cut proposals like those. They do. They do. Sometimes they do. (laughs) Representative Emily Weber, you are uh, up for as the whole house is up for reelection this year. Do you plan to to be talking with me as a state representative a year from now after the 2024 elections? Are you running? I am running. So I do hope to be able to talk to you again as a state representative. That was Missouri Representative Emily Weber. She's a Democrat from Midtown, Kansas City. You can hear more of our conversation on Tuesday's edition of KCUR's talk show, Up to Date. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Madeline Fox. For all the latest news in state government and politics and everything else going on in the metro, be sure to keep up with Kansas City's NPR station online at kcur.org or on air at KCUR 89.3. Thanks for listening. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive.